Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, Susan here, Inside Yorkshire. Today, I have Jackie Warburton with me. Now, Jackie is an independent celebrant who helps create ceremonies uniquely personal to the individual. I'm actually um, impressed with the variety of ceremonies that you uh, that you cope with and that you help people. So, um, good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Susan. It's lovely to be here. I understand that, um, really, it would appear to be that you're, you're taking people through life. It starts from weddings... Baby, baby naming ceremonies and um, wedding vows, a unique ceremony for that. But also, um, I understand that you also help people with uh, their funeral, uh, their mm-hmm. funeral speeches. And uh, I forget what they're called. What they're called, usually they're called celebration of life ceremonies. Right. Um, there's, there's an awful lot of changes in society that are reflected in the way that people celebrate these lifestones these milestones in life nowadays Mm. these rites of passage if you like Um, a lot of couples would naturally get married in church um, and this was considered the norm and then about 30 years ago there became an increase in the number of couples who were getting married at register office um, with a civil marriage ceremony. And so it seemed as though there was either one extreme or the other. There was a very um, religious-based um, ceremony or the opposite extreme because in a register office or with a registrar wedding um, in a licensed premises for a, a, a premises that's licensed for civil marriages, there can be no religious or spiritual content. So what's happened is there were the two polar extremes and increasingly as life changed, society changed, people were not so many, not so many younger people of typical marriage age were going to church. Mm. So the rise of the register office marriage, civil marriage increased and what's happened is celebrants and have popped up in the middle. So we offer a ceremony which is completely bespoke. So there are no restrictions on the content. Um, Humanists have also become popular. um, But again, they have their own belief systems around the content. And again, not religious um, or spiritual because they have a different set of of beliefs. I'm not a humanist celebrant. A lot of people mistake me for that, Um, but I'm not. I'm completely independent. Now, what I do um, in, in the case of any of those ceremonies is that I don't offer a legally binding ceremony. I don't have that authority um, to perform for instance in, in, a, in a wedding it's not legally binding so the norm is that the, the couple would go to a register office like they do in France and Germany where you have to go to the town hall and do the legalities beforehand so nowadays um, a couple choosing a celebrant would go to a register office and have a very um, brief appointment it's called a superintendent superintendent's office um, marriage and it's 
a brief ceremony or not even a ceremony, it's more like an appointment. I'm very familiar with it because my daughter did it last summer. And we, we timed it. They were, we were in for eight minutes. And there were just there was just the bride and groom and two registrars, two witnesses, um, and they didn't exchange rings and they came out with a marriage certificate because it's not the rings that marry people. It's the witnesses and the saying of certain um, contractual and declaratory vows and the fact that it's entered into a marriage register, which is witnessed. So then, if they have those legalities completed, they can then create their own wedding celebration ceremony anywhere with any content. And that's what I do. That's where I come in. I write a, a completely bespoke ceremony and can perform it anywhere which is great fun. <laughs> that's that's clarified things for me then, because I presumed, because I know that you were a registrar, that's weren't right. you? Yes. <clears throat> that you were, that that was what you were doing. I hadn't yes. fully appreciated. Yes. And also it brings to mind, it's the same thing. I had a cousin whose son got married in Malaysia last year mm-hmm. and they had... What surprised me that a month beforehand, mm-hmm. there were photographs that they'd actually got married. And I'm thinking, but I'm going to the wedding. Yes. I, I, what's going on? Yes. I didn't fully understand yeah. that. And I presumed it was only there. But obviously, no, and, and this is the way I mean, it's pers- mm. it is personal choice. But in the case of my, my daughter and son-in-law, and a lot of the couples that I am now performing um, weddings for, wedding celebrations for um they don't they don't broadcast that they've been to the register office and they are actually officially man and wife they don't refer to themselves as mr and mrs because they don't consider that to even be their wedding anniversary Mm. they she didn't mention anything on social media because she didn't want people to be confused or to take (laughs) or to take any shine off what she considered to be Mm her real wedding, which was in a marquee with a celebrant. It mm. wasn't me, because on that day I just wanted to be mother of the bride. Yes. <laughs> and a, another cere- and with another couple's ceremony, I'm, I'm much more professional. But on that occasion, I, I had a few happy tears. So yes. <laughs> it was a completely different context, and it was a wonderful day. Mm. But um, this is the joy of meeting couples um, and offering them a choice because they invest so heavily emotionally and financially in their wedding Mm. um, that I like to offer something that is completely personal to them because I start off with a blank page and I get to know them and they fill in a questionnaire for me independently of each other about how they met and what their first impressions were how they knew that this person was the one and how their relationship developed and the things that they appreciate about this other person, also the things that wind them up about this other person. Oh. But they, they tolerate because of love. Mm. And, and they only tell me things that they're prepared to share with their family and friends. So we get a lot of funny anecdotes and stories and, and people who are, are gathered to celebrate this wedding um, will relate to things that are said about people's foibles and about anecdotes and funny stories. And so I tell a true love story and it's the, the love story of them and then move into vows and promises and exchange of rings. Um, so it's 
so unique and personal to them and we get some really funny um interludes and and it makes it very very unique and personal and hugely rewarding for me to provide that for them um so that's how it works for weddings um I don't do christenings. Christening is, is, is very much, that is very much um, a, religious. a religious thing. But it's so a baby naming. It's a baby do. naming, mm. that's right. Um, so a baby naming, again, it's that evolution away from christenings, you know, mm. not being as popular. Um, I won't say going out of fashion, but not, not being as, as, as frequent as they used to be. Um, I think a lot of traditional, you know, families might, the, the couple might, do a christening because it's an expectation of other generations and that's that's to be respected that's personal choice um but uh, within baby naming um it's recognizing that this is a new life that has joined the family and if the couple do not relate to a christening or a baptism then it would be a void and Mm. it's something that celebrates the baby's life and um, what I do with the naming ceremony, um, I've done some which have coincided with the first birthday party. Right. So the family and friends mm-hmm. are gathered and some other little one-year-olds are gathered. Um, I did one in a teepee last December. Um, it was just wonderful the way it was decorated with with scores of Christmas trees and it was so pretty and it had snowed the night before which was just oh. <laughs> just magical <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it wasn't polystyrene it was real because it was chilly but then they had mm. they had they had fires lit in the teepee it was, it was wonderful but a naming ceremony um would instead of godparents they would ha- they have guide parents or guardians or whatever they want to call them and some some tried and uh, kind of respected and trusted adults friends or family that promise to support both the parents in in the difficult job of bringing up a child Mm. um, and also to be there as a a listening ear and a guide and somebody to keep an eye and 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 a supporter of the child Mm. as they grow up so they make promises and grandparents might make promises to support not only the first generation but the one after and also I researched the origins of the name the name that's been chosen or names that have been chosen but also the family name I asked the parents about the personality of the child as it's evolving and what they envisage the child will be like um, according to family traits and personality mm. and kind of just a little bit of speculation about what they what they see in 10 years and 20 years time for their child so it's 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 a very much um a coming together of the family to present the child to the world and it's and its community they say that it takes a village to raise a child and it's very much that coming together and celebrating and this also could coincide with an adopted child or if we have two families that are coming together with stepchildren that are becoming one family through that union. And so there might be a welcome to the family for a stepchild um, so that they feel welcomed and embraced by the wider family. So a, a baby naming is very, very uplifting. Um, and again, a, a script that is written completely hmm. for the parents with as much input as they want Um the one in the teepee, the father wrote a wonderful poem for his daughter. And it was very, very moving. And he read that out. It was very long. And he'd spent so much time. And it was obviously very important to him. 
and he read it with such feeling. It was uh, it was very moving and charming as well. So this is the the joy of having a blank page. But also I have lots of suggestions if the parents don't have ideas coming forward and that can inspire them or they can say, oh, we like that, we'll use that. Um, and you can have a blessing within that. There can be religious content. If there's a grandparent that would like to say a blessing, then there's no restrictions on the content because it's a naming ceremony is a celebration. It's not anything legally binding. So it's it's a big welcome, a welcome to the world and welcome to the family. Yes, uh, and I hadn't fully appreciated that it's not necessarily just babies, is it? Then it no, can be no. at any age. Absolutely. And when you have a child who is showing some personality as they get older, mm. it's perhaps... Um, well, I can imagine very interesting to wonder how they're going to develop and to put mm. that in as well, to yes. see how they have family traits, as you were saying. Yes. Yes. And any any ceremony that I do, um, I give them um, a, co- a, a copy of the script, um, a bound copy of the script, so they can look back on it mm. um, because it's it's a milestone. Um Going back to the wedding celebration ceremonies, um, I also offer a commitment ceremony, which is where if the couple for any reason are not actually able to get legally married, um, for whatever reason, it, it, it could be cultural, it could be um, financial, it could, well, not financial, it could be, it could be cultural, it could be legal, legal reasons, it could be... Um, that they are not going to get married until afterwards. Mm. The example I've got of that is the commitment ceremony that I did last August with a couple who wanted to get married on the first day of their honeymoon in Canada. So they were having their legal marriage abroad with just the two of them and the officiant and a photographer. And that was their wish was that they would focus totally on each other with nobody else around which is a lovely idea, personal choice, but they still wanted to have a ceremony in this country. Now, they could have done it the other way around and had the ceremony after their legal, but they wanted to have it before. So we had a commitment ceremony and it was explained at the beginning that this was a celebration to celebrate their forthcoming marriage in Canada. So it was all transparent. I didn't refer to them as bride and groom. I just referred to them as as by by their four names. And I didn't refer to them as the newlyweds because they weren't newlywed. Mm. So it was all transparent. But to all intents and purposes, it looked like a wedding celebration. She had the bridesmaids and the dress and the flowers. And it was an outdoor wedding. It was mm. in it was in a, a secret garden um, of, a, of, a, of a lovely venue um, near Darlington. And they decorated the, it themselves. They had a, a marquee at the side in case it rained. But it didn't. The sun shone and it was, it was just a glorious ceremony. And that told the story of their relationship, which, which was very funny. Um, and also very moving because they had been, um, I, I said that they blew, blew apart the myth that um, holiday romances don't last. Oh. And, and it was just, there they were standing before everybody mm. declaring their love, which was amazing. So, yes, I think quite inspirational, I'm sure, some of the tales that you, that you hear. Yes, mm. because some people go through really tough times and come out stronger as a couple. Um, and this is where another ceremony, um, which is the renewal of vows, 
can be very appropriate if people have had a really difficult patch in life for whatever reason, sometimes through illness or or through um, family tensions or the wedding that they had 20 years ago wasn't the wedding day of their dreams because of financial constraints or family tensions or just the circumstances mm. and they always look back and think oh I, I wish I'd had a different wedding they could then choose to renew their vows and as I say sometimes that might coincide with a big wedding anniversary or as a celebration of we're still here and we're still <laughs> we're still clinging on together in spite of all that life is throwing at us mm. and they might choose to renew their vows as a celebration of of the bond and how circumstances that could stretch bonds have actually made their bond stronger and so that's a very uplifting ceremony it can also be sometimes a commitment ceremony because life is going to get very difficult and that they know that because of a diagnosis of a, a serious illness or something that is really going to challenge them in life that they want to recommit to each other um, as a public well a family declaration of no matter what we will we will support each other mm. and we mean even more to each other now than we did when we got married um, and that's something that can almost be uplifting for them to strengthen them. Um, and that's something that um, a commitment ceremony could could be Useful appropriate for. Appropriate, yes, just yes. to just to, um, to to strengthen their resolve to mm. to be there for each other. Mm. Do you do you actually? Um, say that well obviously there'll be a mixture won't there you can you do an introduction and yeah. then do you write would you write their vows for them for it's them a to mixture say? <clears throat> it's a mixture um sometimes people um have got their own very firm ideas mm. and that's perfectly great yeah it's absolutely fantastic when they come along and they've already uh, decided words that they want to to use ones that they've heard or seen elsewhere or seen online pinterest is full of them and ones that they've chosen and, ad and adapted for themselves ones that they've written themselves um that's very very welcome but sometimes i get um the situation where i might suggest vows and then they adapt them it's kind of it, it triggers a thought rather than a blank page mm -hmm. and then it, it flows from that um there can be others where i make a suggestion they say yep yeah, that's perfect we love it and mm -hmm. that's the joy of getting to know the couple beforehand that i i i can make a good attempt at what i think would suit their style I also, in our initial meeting, ask if they would like a more traditional wording um, to have and to hold from this day forward, that kind of traditional wording or something much more contemporary where they talk about each other. I will, I will you'll be my best friend forever and, I, and my soulmate and all of the more modern wording. Uh, or mm. sometimes it's a mix or something in between. Um, so it's, it's completely... Um, at their behest really about what their vows contain um could have got married abroad beforehand and then they might want to replicate those vows again to say before their english friends and family um, back home so that there is a very clear link 
to when they've completed the legalities before, perhaps in Las Vegas or something like that. They might want to use those vows again. And that's something that is, is really meaningful for them. So mm. that's another option that's available. Um, but that's more unusual. It's usually yes. that um, when they go to the register office, they say the minimal words um, and choose not to exchange rings because it's not the rings that marry you. It's the saying of the the declaratory and the contractual vows. Um, so they would choose not to exchange rings because they wouldn't want to put their wedding rings on and then take them off again in mm. preparation for what they consider to be their real wedding day, which is the the bells and whistles uh, celebration. So it can be then uh, thought of perhaps that the the first, well, you hardly can call it a ceremony. It's, it's a marriage. It's, it's, a, a, it's a, a, a legal marriage. A legal marriage. Yes. Um, but the... Yes, to go to go from what is the the legal side of it to the actual celebration, yes. because some, I guess, I've never been to a a, a marriage that wasn't um, the, the full celebration yes. with everything. Yes, yes, I've not ever been. Oh no, I. Well, yes, actually, I went to one. I have friends who got married in Gretna Green. I was a witness. <laughs> I was a witness to that one. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I shouldn't. It's different in Scotland. Yeah, yes. the legalities are different in Scotland. Um, I mean, it's personal choice. And there's one thing I wouldn't want to do is to um, to undermine the amazing work that registrars do. Mm. Um, it's just a different choice and it's personal choice. And my daughter considered her civil marriage to be admin. Mm. And that's how some couples refer to it. And this is why they don't broadcast the fact that they've completed the legalities beforehand but then it enables me to to reproduce a wedding that looks to all intents and purposes and to their family and friends that like like a, a full-blown wedding mm. um, a wedding is more about a declaration of love publicly and the making of promises the legality side can be separated out yes. which is the the change in legal status mm. that can be separated um, so the other advantage, not only of doing it that way, and again, it's personal choice, the other way that it has an advantage rather than just the content and being able to include some rig- religious words if they wish, or just having something that is all about them, mm. which is why I call my company, I do your ceremony. Mm. And it's very much a focus on it's your ceremony, your way. Then there's complete freedom about the location. Because a, a legally binding civil marriage can only be held in a room that has been licensed for civil marriages. Mm. So within a venue, um, the venue will license a room or certain rooms or areas. Um, and that's where the ceremony, the legalities have to take place. Um, they could be outside, but the the has to be a permanent structure that's licensed if the legalities are going to be completed outside as well. So this is, it's, it's, it's a factor in, mm. in, in wanting to have everything done and on the same day by a registrar. So that's fine. It's personal choice. But with a wedding celebration ceremony, they can go anywhere. So um, I've planned a wedding for a couple that want to get married at Hordra Force. Right. Um, because that's very, has very sentimental associations for them. Um, they might there might have been a, 
an engagement proposal somewhere that's very special and the couple would perhaps want to return there. Um, so it could be on Penhill, it could be on a beach, it could be in the woods, it could be in a barn, um, it could be in the courtyard of uh, a complex of holiday cottages where everybody's staying in the holiday cottages and then in the courtyard or in the garden they have you know, a wonderful celebration, um, a wonderful ceremony. Usually couples like to have a freestanding archway as a kind of a focal mm. point. But in trees or in an orchard, it's wonderful to decorate the trees. And there's the complete um, freedom to yes. hold a ceremony anywhere. And this is where I'm reaching out to businesses in Yorkshire and in the Dales to say this is a diversification opportunity for you. Um, you don't necessarily have to go to the expense of getting a, a license for civil marriage because we could we can work together. Mm. Um that the register office will still have a function because the couple will still need to do those legalities. But then you could offer your business um, as, a, as a wedding setting. Mm. Um, and I'm getting a lot of excitement about this. Yes, um, I'm sure. Because people want to show off our wonderful county. And, our, yes. and there's just so much scope, particularly in the Dales or on the coast, for the most wonderful intimate ceremonies. Mm. Um, the only problem that we have on occasions is the weather. Well, this is where um, I have actually, I did I did a ceremony in Yorkshire last year and the couple were adamant that no matter what happened, they wanted to be outside. And this was, um, the reception was all set up in a village hall and it was beautiful. It was decorated beautifully and a really characterful village hall. But they were adamant that they wanted to be outside with the backdrop of the stunning Yorkshire hills um and the weather forecast was the one that we were dreading which was sunshine and showers mm. so if it's a forecast where we know it's going to rain we would set up inside the village hall fine if we know it's high pressure and we've got unbroken sunshine or little chance of rain we would set up outside it was a, a 50 50 day mm. and true enough um in the middle of the ceremony with couple with with friends and family a large gathering of uh, over a hundred people sitting on hay bales it started to rain and it was almost like a monty python sketch all of the <laughs> all of the guests had already been given golf umbrellas so they were equipped and up went all of the umbrellas but six groomsmen appeared with a gazebo from stage left <laughs> And a gazebo walked in from the left and was very delicately placed over the bridegroom and myself. We had a pause whilst the gazebo was in place and then we carried on. <laughs> and within five, ten minutes, the sun came out. So said gazebo was lifted and carried off. And it was such a talking point. Photographer loved it. Sure. And it was such a talking point and it was such fun. And the couple were just... They were in, in tux of laughter because mm. it was just so funny. But they'd obviously thought it through because they wanted to have those cows over the fence in the background, you know, gate crashing on the ceremony. And it was charming. And so it is nice to have a plan B <laughs> <laughs> because we're in England and yes. we're in Yorkshire. And if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Yes. The... um to go on the on the other side of it i mean obviously you must meet some a huge variety of people mm. and each ceremony being unique in its own way 
must must be a wonderful um well you hardly even think of it as a job i don't know i mean it obviously is but that that must be wonderfully uplifting for you doing the celebrations Mm -hmm. you've then got the other side of it though haven't you if you then are doing um would it be a eulogy or something Mm -hmm. like that is Mm -hmm. it called differently if it's in um well the way you do it you're right um and and sadly it's I have done eulogies in the past mm. um, because in my previous career as a primary school head teacher, um, I have delivered, sadly, I've delivered three eulogies at children's um, funerals at the request of the parents, which is obviously, um, I was able to do it because I was there in a professional capacity. And with all of these things that are immensely difficult in life um you need people to step forward and help you as a family Mm. so I couldn't say no um and it was something that I did find challenging um of course but I was able to do it in a professional way so that I could keep things together for them where perhaps a family especially with the death of a child um a family would find that very difficult so I, I had a little bit of experience of that public speaking. Obviously, as a, as, a, as a head teacher for 20 years, I'm used to public speaking. I don't need a microphone and I'm able to project my voice. Um, but it was something that was on in, in the background. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, when I became a registrar, I was, I, that's how I did my training um, for performing of ceremonies specifically. I didn't envisage that I would ever do a celebration of life um, funeral ceremony. That wasn't my intention. And I was trained in weddings and and I and I did scores of weddings in lovely um, hotels um, around around Darlington. Um, so that was my training, my experience. But I didn't think I would be doing anything other than weddings. Um, but when I became self-employed as a celebrant, again, the bulk of my work is weddings, um, plus naming ceremonies and, and, and renewal of vows and commitment ceremonies are more unusual. I didn't, didn't set out to become a funeral celebrant. Um, and that's in its early stages because I reflected a lot about this and also went to my godmother's funeral and there was an inspirational celebrant who did an amazing job of a very honest um, and funny and moving um, address and conducted the whole ceremony with introducing the input of family members. And I was very inspired by this man. And I thought, that's something that I would like to do for families at this difficult time. But I decided that my training as a registrar and primarily in weddings was not sufficient for me to take on the responsibility of dealing with bereaved families in those very early stages. And I think that I need something, uh, I need more training and more preparation. Mm. So at the moment, um, I've got myself a student loan and I'm doing a diploma diploma in funeral celebrancy because Mm. I consider that privilege of performing a funeral celebrant ceremony to be too much of a responsibility to just Mm. 
to just wing it yes. uh, and just to go into it without proper training. So I'm doing um, I'm doing distance learning at the moment, and then at the um, at the end of March I have a week long residential, and then I will I, I will have my diploma in funeral celebrancy, and I won't be um, that won't be under the banner of I do your ceremony because I do in inverted commas yes. as the title of my mm. company is very much a play on words around essentially marriage and wedding. What? not marriages I don't do marriages I do weddings sorry mm. and so it's essentially a play on words around weddings but I don't think that that's appropriate so I will have a, a separate part of my company which will just be Jackie Warburton celebrant mm. and that's where I will be reaching out and I'm already um, talking to funeral directors as part of my training mm. uh, within the hope that I would be considered if they thought that my face would fit and my style would fit with certain families that mm. they would then refer the family to me and then I will be performing um, celebration of life ceremonies. The vast majority of those will be at a crematorium but actually increasingly um, people are choosing that they will say to their family I don't want that, mm. that they will plan their own funeral and that they might choose a lot of other options around I want you to celebrate my life um, at this beauty spot and I want you to take a picnic and remember me and to have somebody lead a ceremony where people are sharing memories of me and happy memories because mm. this isn't about my death, this is about my life. And I will live on in those memories. Mm. And that's very much a, a more uplifting approach, even though it's a desperately sad time. But it can be a comfort for people to come away from a, a funeral celebration and think, well, actually, I feel as though they were there with us in spirit. Mm. Um, and I would like to be able to offer that as an alternative. Obviously, there are arrangements that have to be made but I do think that having done death registrations as a registrar when people are at their Lowest. most raw mm. that um, being able to to support people through that to enable them to 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 do the procedures and the the, the paperwork and and the legalities that they have to do in order to arrange a funeral. I do feel that I've got that background of supporting families at a really difficult time and that that would lend itself to then helping them to arrange an appropriate funeral, appropriate for them, but also with their best feeling about what the deceased would want. Mm. And some people are choosing not, not to have anybody at the crematorium. And that's again, it's a personal choice. If people are thinking ahead and making their wishes explicit to their mm. family, again, that is a gift to the family because then the family know that they're getting it right and they know what that person would have wanted rather than trying to guess when they're no longer there. And so some people are having a, 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 a completely, it's becoming more popular to have a, a different approach to a funeral. Um, so, Generally speaking, then, do you think it's the um, individuals who are pre-planning their own funerals? Increasingly so. Um, and not necessarily younger people who mm. are sadly dying um, mm. early. Um, my late mother was 87 and she went to, along to a local um, funeral director in, in Richmond 
and she chose her coffin. She wanted a wicker coffin with pink mm. ribbon interwoven through it. She chose the tube that she wanted for her ashes to be scattered from mm. and where and how. And she was very, this. she didn't have a terminal illness. She was just an, an old lady who was switched on, very switched on. And she paid for it all. Mm. And she, this was her way of having her as looking after her family mm. because she could anticipate that she wouldn't last forever and she wanted to look after us as a family and say, you don't need to worry about guessing what I want. It's organised. It's all organised. Yes. And I think there's people like me who would, I'm, I'm already telling my family, just in case, Mm. I want X, Y, and Z, and I don't want X, Y, and Z. And this is personal choice, and it's about this is your life and mm. having responsibility for your life ending as you would want it to be, um, and also just beyond your life mm. ending and having that celebration of gosh, this is a person who who knew their own mind and had their and 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 was also it's a very considerate thing to do. I'm doing a wedding in the summer this year mm. where the bride's aunt is a minister. And so she's going to say some words at the wedding. Mm. So it's a kind of that blending of the couple don't want a church wedding, but they still want to have the spiritual and religious element in their, in their wedding. So at some point, rather than handing over to somebody to do a reading, I'll be handing over to a minister to do a blessing. And I think that's wonderful mm. because it's what the couple want. And it's also, um, it's uplifting because it's meaningful for them. And I could mm. envisage that um, there could be circumstances where somebody in the family might want to say something which is recognising a religious faith. Mm. Um, but then it doesn't necessarily have to be in a church if that isn't appropriate for the, mm. for the deceased mm. or the family's wishes. Because it's juggling the, the, the family and the deceased, what you... They, trying, they would have wanted. Mm, it's trying to please everyone, which can be difficult. <laughs> you can only do your best, and you only do that by listening. Mm. It's the same with any ceremony. You have to listen to what they want, and you have to be intuitive about what you think. Um, what you think they they might be receptive to, mm. but then if you make a suggestion and you get and you get. Um, a reaction that you're not expecting it's to be responsive to that and say this isn't about me it's about what you want and so to tease those wishes out of somebody mm. is quite um it's quite a skill but it it's being an active listener and, and not imposing your own ideas mm. into a situation i think that's really important and i think at a time of the end of someone's life when family members and you know lo loved ones are so upset mm. being handled sensitively mm -hmm. is so important yes it's so it is so important yes. and that is a real skill so um the fact that you're taking this time as you say not winging it no, actually it's too important. Learning mm. the best way to go around these mm -hmm. things. I don't imagine that you wing your other ceremonies either. <laughs> Doesn't not. seem to be you, Jackie. <laughs> well, getting to know. I mean, I'm taking bookings for 2022. Gosh. So what I do before anybody commits himself in any way mm. to working with me is that I have 
if, if possible, I travel, meet them halfway and we have a face-to-face. We meet mm. in a tea room or in the quiet corner of a pub and I get to know them and it's got to be right for them. So they have to get to know me and see if my, my style suits them. Mm. There's lots of different celebrants out there. Some are, uh, have got a, a very kind of bohemian approach and others are more traditional or more mm. um, conventional. And I'm kind of in the middle, but mm. I'm definitely not bohemian (laughs) and but that's horses for courses that's personal Mm. choice so I get to know them by a face-to-face meeting or if we can't we do it over Skype um and then over that time I obviously I have the questionnaires so I get this information that I get back from that I weave into the ceremony but I word that in a way as though we've had a conversation rather than a questionnaire so Mm, yes when I asked so-and-so what it is that they love about this person that they might not even realise, and then they say a little foible or a little quirk, uh, it's as though we've had a conversation. But then um, we have email tennis over the months of the Mm. drafts and redrafts of the ceremony. So I get to know them quite well, and I also offer um, a dress-down rehearsal the night before to settle the nerves at the Mm. venue if they wish. And that we just walk through the choreography of the day. And again, it's another opportunity for them to be reminded, you know, this is the person that's going to be doing, performing your big day tomorrow. I'm going to hold your hand through the lot and everything will be fine. And no matter what happens, we, it will be dignified and it will be joyous and mm. you can just relax and enjoy it. So it's that connection again with meeting them again in person just the night before and answering any last minute questions. We don't do the script because we don't want to give any surprises away, mm. but it's people who are doing readings or things like that in the ring bearer so that everybody knows where they're going to stand and what they're going to do. So we walk through it all mm. and it's that personal, they kind of greet me with a hug as though I'm, you know, oh, She's here. This is the person that's going to ah. enable to us to enjoy our ceremony rather than being stressed out about it yes. and worry about it. And that is really why I stopped being a registrar, because I was frustrated at only meeting the couple half an hour before the ceremony for the first time and them not knowing who was going to perform their ceremony. I just turned up on the day and obviously I would put them at ease as much as I could. But I had paperwork to do in that time. It was a big ask. And I would, I would really say, don't worry. I will, I will keep you. I will keep you right through everything, even though you don't know what you're going to say and where you're going to stand. And I will keep you right through everything. And that was always the case. And registrars do a fantastic job. But you're also watching the clock. A lot of restrictions, time yeah, restrictions. You've got to move on to another ceremony usually. Um, mm-hmm. The most I did was six ceremonies back to back, an hour apart. Fortunately, all in the same venue, so I wasn't worried about <laughs> traffic. From one place but to the there's next. always that mm. kind of conveyor belts um, background. You don't let the couple know, but it's a big pressure on a registrar. Whereas I only do one a day. Mm. If a, a key family member is stuck in traffic and they say, "Can can we wait for Grandma? Can we wait twenty minutes?" That's absolutely no, no problem. problem. Absolutely no problem. Um, and so it's much more relaxed all round and much more rewarding for me because I've mm. seen them over a couple of years sometimes yes. and it's all evolved and we've done it together. And it is such a special thing to be able to do. It sounds yeah, It's a privilege. It's it an absolute privilege. Jackie, I'm so really excited does. about it. Okay, so the next part then is how do people get in touch with you? What would they do if they want to find out to have that initial talk with you um 
This is very much a startup business. Mm. Um, when I it was no longer a registrar, um, I worked for another company. So I've still got some bookings for um, another celebrant company. So they were referrals. That's how my initial bookings came. But now I'm going out there and I'm I'm putting myself about. So I'm making a loop of faith. Absolutely, I'm attending. I, I've I've created my own website, which is very much a temporary one. It's in the process of being rewritten professionally. Um, but I did a temporary one just to get the key information out there, which is is I do your ceremony dot com. Um, it will still have the same name when it's much more. Mm. swishy so they can, they can look you up on that yep. in the I'm first instance yes I'm also very active on on social media so I have I do your ceremony Facebook page um, and Instagram um, I've been I've found out I've done my homework and apparently couples that are of typical marriageable age are much more uh, uh, finding Instagram much more the, the platform for them rather than Facebook where they're getting away from their parents stalking them so, so they're very so Instagram is very popular with the younger generation so I I'm, I have a lot of pre- presence on there a lot of followers and I follow a lot of other people who are all connected mm. with 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 the the wedding business uh, and other celebrations and venues I'm reaching out to a lot of venues in Yorkshire because I want to work in this patch and why wouldn't I mm. um Although I've got a big patch from the Humber to the Scottish border and the whole of Cumbria, right. I really want to focus on my local area because I'm so proud of Yorkshire. <laughs> and um, so I'm also going to a lot of wedding fairs mm. in Yorkshire where I have a stand and I just talk to people about what I do. And and I, it's if it's for them, that's great. And yes. then they get in touch afterwards. Um mm. Are you happy to share email or telephone? Yeah, contact? yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, my my email address is Jackie at idoyourceremony.com mm. and that's J A C K I E. And um, my telephone number is O seven four two three four nine four seven one nine. Okay, that's brilliant. So <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for all of that, Jackie. That was wonderful, and. Um, I wish I had a ceremony to, <laughs> to prepare with you. <laughs> Not the last one. <laughs> well, apparently divorce ceremonies are a thing, but I'm not really going into oh, no, that. I've gone, through, I've gone through that one. <laughs> I've gone through that. It would be the celebration of life, but I'm not. Oh, re- that one. I'm not, I'm not quite ready for that yet. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> so not. I need to be a little more organised, though. Well, yeah. it's personal choice. Eh? Not for a long, long time. <laughs> Let's hope not. No. So this is Susan signing out from Inside Your Show. Thank you.